In today's shir, the final shir on Hilchas Kinyanim, Bezaz Hashem, um, I want to speak about some very interesting shilas between buying, buyers and sellers. Many times the buyers and sellers have a disagreement if the items were shipped or if they were paid for, and um, the question is who is right in these disagreements. So let's introduce the Gemara in Mesechus Baba Kama, Daf Kuf Yudches. It's actually a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, if a person says, I stole from you, or I borrowed from you, or you gave me something to wash, but I don't recall if I gave it back to you, the halacha is, he's chayv to pay. Because we have a vaday chiv and a savik tur. So any idea im praticha, I don't know if I paid you, so he's chayv. On the other hand, if we have a Safek Chiv, Avol continues the Mishnah, Avol am Amrloi, Eni Yedeim Gazal Ticha, Im Hilvisani, Im Evkata, Etzli, Pater Milashalim. If he's unsure if there was a loan in the first place, then the halacha is, he is Pater Milashalim. He does not have to pay. And these halachas are brought down in the Shulchan Aruch, Simen, Ayin, Hei, Sif, Ches, through Yud Aleph. Notably, we'll speak at the halacha in Sif Tes, Manali Biyotcha, a person comes, Reuben comes to Shimon and says, I, I have, you owe me money, you owe me a hundred dollars, or I gave you an item to watch, I gave you my gold watch to watch for me, he'll be signing I don't recall at all if you ever lent me money, or you ever gave me anything to watch, the is that Yeshava Hesesh Eini Yodea Upater, he's going to be Pater, however he should make a Shavuos Hesesh, Shavuot Hesed is a takon under Abanan that a person should make a Shavuot just to be sure 100% when a person comes with a clear taina and um, you're denying a clear taina, you have to make a Shavuot Hesed. In today's day and age, we don't do a Shavuot Hesed, so there will be a little bit of wiggle room for a very small kind of compromise, but generally speaking, the the person is potter because we have a Suffolk Chiv, and therefore we, we that's viewed as a Vadev tour. So now the Sefer, there's a very interesting discussion in the Sefer, Mishpatei Atoira uh, from Ritzvi Spitz, this is in Chelek Bey's Simon Test. Ritzvi Spitz and Chelek Bey's Simon Test discusses various outcomes um, in Halacha that will come from this Gemara. And we're just to uh, paraphrase and quote a few of them, uh, we'll try to go through it quickly and clearly just to understand exactly what the Halachas will be. So if you have a case where a seller says that he definitely sent an item, but he did not get paid, and the buyer admits that he received the item, but he's unsure if he had issued payment, so based on this Gemara, he's chayev. The buyer has to pay. So you have a seller that says, I sent you um, a, a, a fridge, I, mail, I, I shipped the fridge to you, and the buyer says, I'm not sure if I paid. Even if he says, I'm almost sure if I paid, for example... Let's say you have in a grocery store where people give post-aid a check to pay for credit, and the, the buyer is saying, I think I gave you post-aid checks, but the seller says, I can't find them. The halacha is almost doesn't count, and he's still going to be chayef to pay. Now this, interestingly, um, and obviously, makes no difference in what tone of voice this was said. Even if the, uh, the buyer is screaming at the top of his lungs, I'm almost sure I paid you, and uh, leave me alone or whatever, that's not going to make a difference because if he's not 100% sure, he's going to remain with the Chiv and vice versa. If the seller is a soft-spoken person but he's talking with conviction in front of Bezdin, Bezdin is going to see a clear Chiv and obviously assuming that it's something he could know. If it's something he can't know, that's not a clear Chiv. But if it's something that he could know 
and it's within his line that he's supposed to know, so we believe him, and there would be a chiyot to pay. Now this um, this discussion is going to be, uh, we're going to break it down a little bit further in order to get into more details. Now what what if we have a situation where the buyer is going to say, I paid you already this and this amount. Let's say he says, I paid you 50% of the amount. Um, I'm sorry, it, uh, he said $50 of the $100 claim. Not that he says I paid 50% because that would be admitting there was 100% here. But he's saying I paid you this and this amount. And the seller says that I lost the records. For example, my computer was wiped out, the cash register, we're not sure what happened over here. Um, but, and, and I'm not 100% sure how much the item was supposed to be. But this, this, so the buyer on one hand says I, I paid for sure something. And the seller says, well, I think it was more. So the law in that, that case would be that whatever the buyer remembers as the vadechiv, that's what he should pay up. Something that he does not remember, in that case, if, if there's a logical reason to assume that there is that chiv, and he's not 100% sure if he's chayiv, so that in that case, he should try to um, come to some kind of agreement, since neither one of them is 100% sure. So he should be yotzi deshemayim. Now, let's say you have a case where the, the buyer is 100% sure that he received the item. He did receive the item, but he's unsure if he paid. And, interestingly enough, the seller was not 100% sure if he shipped the item. That means to say, he calls him up, Reuben calls up Shimon and says, I think I sold you this and this. Um, do you recall if you got it and if you paid? So, Shimon says, yes, I got it, but I'm not sure if I paid you. I think I paid. So here again, you have the same kind of situation where um, there's a not a real tevia because you, the the buyer the seller was not 100% sure. So there's no vadechiv. But on the other hand, we have a situation where we have a suffix tour. So what's going to be the Allah in that case? That case is not um, a clear cut case. Allah will be in this case as well. They should try to work out some kind of agreement between the two. Now let's say a buyer purchased something with a check, and then the seller loses the check. The seller loses the check, and he comes back to the buyer and he says he wants another check. So, what's the halacha? Does the does the does the uh, buyer have to give him another check or not? So the halacha is, and this is discussed, I believe, in the Sefer Check by Halacha, that the halacha is like this: if Let's, say for, let's take an example. Ruben had a check from Shimon, and he, um, he's unsure what happened to the check. So Shimon has a situation where, where there's a possibility the check was lost in the middle of the street. And let's say Levy's going to find the check, and he's going to cash the check if he's an unscrupulous person, if he's a Ghanav. Right? He's going to take the check, and, and, and he's going to steal it. So Ruben can say to Shimon, um, I'm sorry, Shimon can say to Ruben, if I'm going to give you another check... Then, then I'm going to lose. I'm going to be paying twice. So, in that case, where we don't have a way to stop the check, for whatever reason, there's no way for him to stop the check, and there's a possibility that he's going to lose out. Then he's not responsible to issue another check. However, if there's the ability to cancel the check, then we say that he should go ahead and he should cancel the check, and um, and and issue another check. That's within the right. Of the, the even though technically the check is considered kesef, but there's enough of obligation on the person to pay. Now, what if there was a bounced check fee? 
doesn't have to necessarily be in this case. Anytime a person pays a check, the buyer is giving the seller a check, and then the check doesn't, there was insufficient funds in the account, and there's a, there's a fee that was um, assessed by the bank on the check. So the Allah is who pays for the bounce check fee. So there's a whole discussion of Garmi. Garmi is a kind of magic which we discussed previously um, in a few different shiurim. It's, it's an indirect form of damage, but it's almost, it's considered almost direct. And in these cases, the Allah is, we say that you're chayef to pay. So in this case, when a person is assumed that when he issues a check, at least we hope so, that there's money in the bank, so it's assumed that he's standing behind this check, so it, it's within the right of the, per, of the recipient of a check to expect that there's going to be money to cover it. Therefore, it's considered a damage to him. It's taking away his money by the fact that there was no money there, and that's going to be um, a Shiloh of Garmi. Now, let's say the check was passed on by the, the seller to another person, and then the check bounced. So in that case, who's going to be stuck with the Chiyav? Is it going to be the middleman? Does he have to pay the third person, or do you go with the first person? So the Allah in that case would be also that we'll go with the first person because it's expected that the check should be covered and that he should, the money, there should be money in the account, and therefore it would be his obligation to make sure that the, the, che- the money is covered all the way till the end. So let's take another example. Let's say you have um, a storekeeper that, that uh, is taking a bunch of checks from people, post-dated checks for, for, for groceries every month. They have a bill. They give them a, ch- a post-dated check of $500 for every month. Now, what happened was that some of, that, some of the details in the check were filled out improperly. So the seller um, received the check that was improperly filled out, and he went ahead for whatever reason, he deposited this check without looking at it. He didn't bother reading what it said. And, and then the bank had to return the check. And there was a fee for whatever it was for the processing. And the, 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 they have to redo the check. So the, the question is, who has to pay for that? So on one hand, you have the, the person who issued the check, the person, who, the person who the account holder that wrote the check improperly. So we could say he caused the damage to the storekeeper. On the other hand the storekeeper or whatever, whoever the person that had it, the yeshiva, the recipient of it, that cashed it and they had the penalty, so they, they should have looked at the check before they deposited it. The halacha is that both of them have to answer to their own banks. That means to say that the, the person who wrote it made a mistake by not writing it properly. On the other hand, the recipient who deposited it made a mistake by not reading what it said in the check. And therefore, the Allah is that they each are responsible to pay their own respective banks, whatever fees they were assessed by their bank. The Sefer Mishpatei HaTorah in Simon Tezayin discusses another Shiloh, that sometimes you have, and this is common um, on online purchases and um, opening accounts online, that you have people, they sign these lengthy uh, shtaras, these lengthy documents, and without even reading what it says. You have these DocuSign things that they jump to the next signature and it keeps on going. So you don't read what it says and you, and you keep on signing and, and it comes out that they come to you and they say, look, it says on this in this paper that you signed on that you, do, you accepted this and this on yourself. So the question is, could the person who signed say, I, I didn't realize that it said that on the paper or not? So the same from Mishmet Ayatollah says, in, uh, it's on Simitazayin Sivbeis, based on a Tshuva Sarashpa, HaMichas, or Ramban, and Simlai, and Zayin, which is brought down in Shulchan Aruch, Simen Memhei, 
Sif Gimel and Simen Samachal Sif Yud Gimel. And he describes the Kitzur that a person is not believed to say that what he signed on, he didn't understand. Rather, we assume that he for sure read it and we for sure understand what it says in the paper that he signed on it. And the Rashford says two reasons. One, and the Ramban says two reasons. First of all, we don't, simply don't believe that you didn't read it. And the second reason is also that even if witnesses will tell us that you don't understand, for example, you don't read the language that it's written. It's written in Chinese. You don't speak Chinese. Still, we assume that someone explained it to you and, or you relied on someone else's recommendation when you signed the shtar. And therefore, it's considered a valid uh, signature on the shtar. However, says the Mishpatei Torah in the end of Ha'ara 1, that that's only on something that we can assume is, that you knew. That means to say something that's connected to the loan, or I'm sorry, to the, to the loan or to the transaction directly. For example, a person is buying a house, and it says in the Shtar that the house costs $100,000. So we understand, he, he realizes when he signed that, he can't say, oh, I didn't realize what it said. But if it says, let's say, for example, other fees, for example, something that makes no sense. If there's a fee in there to remove the septic tank that's in the ground. He had no idea there was a septic tank or he didn't, he didn't bother, he didn't know there was a removal fee or whatever it was. You can't say that since you signed on it, you're automatically obligated if there's clear proof that he did not understand what it said. For example, he doesn't speak the language and there's Adam or, or there's Adam that know that he didn't read it for whatever reason. So in something that's extraneous to the agreement that doesn't have to do with the agreement, in that case, he is believed um, that he didn't understand it. But assuming, but aside from that, we say that we, that we have the right to assume that he did understand everything that it said in the shtar that he signed, and therefore the agreement would be valid. So if a person went and he purchased something with this kind of uh, contract that he had to sign, we don't say that, oh, you didn't read it. And even though today people actually many times don't read it, but we assume that he's relying on whatever information was conveyed to him somehow before he signed that, and we assumed that, that he understood what he was getting himself into. And therefore, whatever it says in the Shtar that's pertinent to the agreement is going to be enforceable, and he's going to be responsible for what he signed. So this concludes Baruch Hashem, the Shiurim and Helches Kenyonim for the Arucha program.